Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's Hello. A, um, what's everybody drinking? Uh, stra- strawberry <laughs> citrus wine. Strawberry lemonade wine. Oh, that again. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's called because it's been five minutes between now and the wine <laughs> fridge. But I've got a prescription strength White Claw. Mm-hmm. I should have copyrighted that. Absolutely. You definitely should have. Yes. I actually called it that the other day and the person was like, what? And I was like, never mind. That's all it will be known as. It's a Boydston-ism. <laughs> it's the 8% alcohol White Claw, and I called it prescription strength. <laughs> she did, and it <laughs> stuck, and that's what we'll call it from here on out. It's the hardcore. So I uh, came across a quiz, oh. as one does. Okay. What cryptid are you? Oh, my God. I can't wait. So I already took mine. So we're going to do Sarah. I am. You are the Ahul. Oh. <laughs> it is a bat. Damn it. It's a bat. Did you plan that? I did not. That is amazing. It looks like a werewolf bat. Poison, you and I are both Bigfoot. Yay. Yay. I'm a fucking bat. <laughs> God damn it. What? I love that for you. What is Ahul? It has a distinct face that has features of both a chimpanzee and a bat. Large dark eyes, red skinned wings, large claws on its forearm, and and covered in gray fur. And it has a wingspan of 18 to 28 feet. Oh, it's a big bat. (laughs) He a biggin'. The creature is extremely territorial and an opportunist, (laughs) meaning it will attack larger prey when the conditions present itself. Um, It might be related to the... Kangamato. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. You know that one? The Kangamato. Yes. Um, so tonight, why, <laughs> I don't know why I just like had a brain fart, but I did. We are going to be talking about whatever we want for our Smorgasbord episode. We are. We These are. are my favorite episodes. Smorgy, smorgy, smorg. I have a very short story for you all. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to talk to you about the dancing plague of 1518. Why are you talking about a plague? Because they're dancing. You know, when the last time we talked about a plague was right when we hit a plague. <laughs> well, and you, you're, you're you welcome. when we're done if this is an acceptable type of plague. Okay. Wait, what did you call it? <laughs> the the dancing, dancing plague. I know what this is. <laughs> I actually want to do a story on it too, so. I do too and I love it. Please go. Okay. It's, it's pretty short, so. Yay. This began in July of 1518 when a woman named Frau Trophia, a.k.a. The original dancing queen. <laughs> you that is what I named the her. Dancing queen can't sing more because of copyright. <laughs> yeah, it sounded so much like the original. We'll Thank probably you. get a copyright <laughs> hand slap. I can't tell them apart. Are you Abba? I am. I am all of them. <laughs> Mama Mia! My goodness. Here we go again. <laughs> She began to dance nonstop in the streets of Strasbourg, France. Why not? At first, people thought it was just because she was super happy. So they would like <laughs> cheer and clap for her and kind of dance along. Aww. They realized, though, after a few days of her dancing nonstop, that maybe she couldn't control this urge to dance. This urge to dance. <laughs> and sometimes she looked just downright miserable dancing. 
So she was not having fun. Yes, she was angry. She was frownlin. (laughs) She was frown trophia. (laughs) That took me a second. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that one. Eventually, after a few days, she just ended up collapsing right there on the cobblestones and slept. She did get some sleep, but as soon as she woke up, she would just start dancing again. This went on about six days total for her. And during these six days, approximately 34 people had joined in on her continuous dancing. They were mostly young women. That is a hardcore workout. It is. Yes. (laughs) I can't do Zumba for more than an hour or I'm done. So (laughs) they were Zumba (laughs) all over the place. It was just a constant Zumba party. I love it. Um, some people danced for so long that their bones began sticking out through their skin of their feet. Ow. Ew. <laughs> Both of you had to process that for <laughs> like, a sec. I was like, ew. So, like, they literally yeah. broke their feet? Yeah, like, they were just dancing barefoot. They wore the skin down. The skin just wore off. I don't like any of that. No, mm-hmm. thank you. So city authorities started getting a little worried about the increase in the number of chronic dancers. So they tried to come up with a solution. They thought that the constant (laughs) dancy pants, that's what I called them there. Dancy pants. (laughs) Well, they might dance their pants off, literally, if they dance their feet off. They were dancy pants. Skin off. Yeah, gross. gross. But they thought maybe they were doing this because their blood was simply overheated on their brain. They were trying to come up with an idea. They decided to arrange spaces around the town for these people to gather, (laughs) and they hired musicians to play music around the clock. It seemed like they were actually just encouraging them to. (laughs) They're encouraging the dancing? (laughs) They did. They thought that it was just something they needed to get out of their system and shake it off, if you will. Thank you. They're literally shaking it off. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, this only made things worse. And by the end of the month, more people just decided that that looked like so much fun to continuously dance that the number increased to 400. Wow, that's a lot. That's the OG flash mob. (laughs) Yes. The constant OG flash mob. I think you're right. One report says that 15 dancers died per day from exhaustion or heart attacks. 15 a day? Indeed. That is crazy. Okay. That's a lot of people to die from dancing. I knew of this phenomenon, but I did not know 15 people died a day. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what they say. So some explanations include, and as you can probably imagine, they're all over the place. Uh Um, This was the 1500s, so who really knows what was going on. But one... (laughs) There was a lot going on then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. One theory, which actually is pretty believable, is that they may have consumed food with mold, similar to LSD, that can cause hallucinations and twitching. But the problem with this one is that it would be unusual for them to be carrying on for days. So this went on at least one month, at least one month when it went from one to 400 people. So kind of weird. That it continued to happen. And of course, again, we're in the 1500s, so we can probably guess what their next explanation was. Uh, rats. Hysteria. Ooh. Hysteria is a good one. Let's do that one next. So said to have been brought on by extreme stress in the early 1500s in Strasbourg. The people had already endured plagues, and there was one that was kind of going on right at the same time. New diseases 
harvest failures, and spiking wheat prices. Ugh, those wheat prices. <laughs> Instead of gas, they had to deal with wheat prices. Guys, this is a problem. Honestly, though, we have a wheat shortage here in the world. Do we have do a we? spiking wheat? We do. Price? What is going on with Kansas? Kansas is not the main supplier of wheat. <laughs> Who is? I thought we were. I don't know. It's probably but corn or some baloney. No, Nebraska's corn, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think every place can grow everything. Well, yes. Are I you know. just going by like images that you see, like corn huskers? Hey, <laughs> <Okay>, Kansas, one thousand percent yes. Wait. I'm going by the stereotypes. Aren't they from Nebraska? Listen, That's the corn huskers. We wave the wheat, so we must be the wheat. I get it. I get it. Kansas produces all the wheat in the world. <laughs> Not all the wheat in the world. I didn't know there was a wheat shortage in the world. There is a wheat shortage. Uh-oh. Interesting. Are How we going to have another dancing thing? I don't know. You know, From women are just hysteria? so hysterical. That's we are the problem. You know, it was mostly women in this dancing Gosh, plague. But we're not. Women. We're not young and sweet or seventeen. <laughs> so, Listen, if my bones start popping out of my skin, I'm done dancing. <laughs> <laughs> the other explanations include demonic possession, of course. Whoa! Oh, aliens. We went there. Ooh, not listed, but strong contender. Mania is listed as a possible I explanation. Could see that. Sure. Epilepsy and typhus, which I've never, I personally haven't seen many patients or people who have epilepsy that are standing up dancing. So I'm not really sure how that's an explanation. Usually they are. It's a very long seizure. For (laughs) a month. Yeah. So. And I don't know anything about typhus. I mean, I could see like fevers can make people delusional. So. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All right. And cultural contagion. So I think that's just like. You know, everybody sees it going on. They think it's cool. It's like they the electric slide. In. Like you don't yes. want to do it, but then everybody else does it. It's peer pressure. I prefer yeah. the cha-cha. How about the, the Cupid, cha-cha slide? The Cupid Shuffle. The Cupid Shuffle is a good one, too. Cupid Shuffle is where it's at. I don't like either of the other I two. also like the foot loose dance. That's There's a, a dance. Like a, like a, mm-hmm. I almost said no, slide like dance. Take out your feet the whole time. <laughs> Lindsay does Copperhead Road all the time. <laughs> Do you like it? What the hell is that? And uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe is a good one, too. Cotton Eye Joe. That is a good one. I know Cotton Eye Joe, but what? Copperhead Road? Yeah, it's a song, and you do a line dance to it. Huh. You'll have to show me. I I don't know the line dance. I don't know the line dance, but I know the song. Okay. The chicken dance? (laughs) (laughs) I do know the chicken dance, okay? (laughs) The limbo? Listen, I did oh, a limbo in skates. The hokey pokey. <laughs> yes, hell yeah, I you did. You turn that thing around. <laughs> I know all those. See, that's what I'm saying. When I read this story, I picture like arms out, like neck flapping, arms. Are like, you picturing like a full body, like no, no? Everything. I I picture the Peanuts gang doing that. What are they not doing? Just like slightly swaying. They're just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I picture. But I don't know. I have a feeling maybe it was more like swaying. Like interpretive dance. Yeah. But in my head, it wasn't. It's like break dancing. So the last major reason why people think that this might have happened was because of St. Vitz. <sighs> okay. it's not what I was going to say, but go ahead. I I would have said what is that? Vitus. Vitus. V-I-T-U-S. But it looks like it was pronounced. It says pronounced V-I-T-S. Vitz. Vitz. St. Vitus? Vitz? Anyways, he was one of the 14 martyrs from the Bible who gave aid in time of trouble, also recognized as the Catholic saint of dancing. So apparently St. Vitz could punish sinners by making them dance for eternity. Was the First Lady a sinner? Was she? She was probably an inconvenience to her husband at the time, so obviously she was a sinner. She was hysterical. Yes. As all women are. 
People felt like St. Vitz was angry at them, and the dancing was a result of his anger. According to some, the sinner must wear red shoes to appease St. Vitz, so the town leaders purchased red shoes for all of the prancing people. Red shoes? Yes. Uh, they were told to also dance around a statue of St. Vitz. So this is sounding more and more like, like a cult? Kind of does. Or like a it? ritual? Or like a ritual, like an yes. exorcism, kind of. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Who knows? Okay. That's what they said it was it's like. It's getting this weirder. dancing motions were like that. So by September, remember this started in July. So now we're in yes. September. They're but, still dancing. <laughs> yes. It's, it finally started to slow down. It just faded away and then stopped altogether. Because people were dying 15 a day. 15 a day. <laughs> of course it slows down. <laughs> All of the dancers just died off, apparently. Oh um, to this day, nobody's really sure what caused this strange phenomenon. It is, though, one of the most well-documented cases of this type of incident. Some of the historical documents include physician notes, which I'm sure are great. Uh-huh. I, can't, I wish I could read them. Yes. Cathedral sermons. Okay. And notes issued by the Strasbourg City Council, who were making most of the decisions on what to do with the problem. What happened to the OG Dancing Queen? The OG Dancing Queen, so there's really not a lot about her, but there was a church or um, a place that was dedicated to St. Vitz, like 30 miles away from town. So they they sent her there first. And they thought, well, maybe she can get the help that she needs at this place where St. Vitz is. So she went there. She went into like um, a cave where a statue was with St. Vitz and nothing was ever really said about her ever again. So they said, well, maybe no news is good news. And that worked for her. So that's why they brought that practice back to the other dancing people of St. Vitz. So there you go. That is the dancing plague. And I also asked you a question at the beginning. So I'd like for you to answer, how would you dance in yeah. the dancing plague? The Charlie Brown dance. Just like with the elbows? Yep. Just move your feet, Shrug. move your elbows, kind of to the beat. I mean, I guess if you're doing that, you're like preserving your energy so you can go longer. That's right. I see what you did. I'm doing the Cotton Eye Joe where I'm like just... Oh, she's going to wear out quick. <laughs> I am. <She> is. <laughs> okay. What are you going to do? I heard something about Cotton Eye Joe, that song, that it might be about an STD. Okay. Yeah, well, I've heard that too. That yeah, you're welcome. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Joe. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mean to holler at there, but. Well. The visual. Lindsay's still picturing it. <laughs> thank you. I'm trying to figure out what STD is a Cotton Eye Joe. I don't want to know. Let's see. I so, need to Google. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Can I guess? Uh-huh. Is oh it gonorrhea it's or gonorrhea, chlamydia? But that's my guess. Gonorrhea is my number one. There is a ridiculous theory that says that. Mm-mm, it's that's not ridiculous. Fake news. It's really a song about STDs. They're like, Contact Con- Joe is a slang phrase describing the procedure of a guy being swabbed for sex- STDs. <laughs> <laughs> per Urban Dictionary. It's simple to see. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. Where did you come from? Where did you go? That's the swab, com- swab coming at you. Where'd you come from? Oh, where'd you go? The second verse says, he brought disaster wherever he went. The hearts of the girls was to hell broken set. They all ran away so nobody would know. Yes. And left only men because of Cotton Eye Joe. And Lindsay wants to dance to that song for eternity. Why did you ruin this for me? Lindsay's theme song. What? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> okay, so Cotton Eye Joe is about getting uh, swabbed for an STD. 
And I hate you. And it's your favorite song to dance to. <laughs> you picked it. Wait, did we ever say what dance you were going to do? We got stuck on my STD I mean, dance. It's obviously. The robot? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be breakdancing. <laughs> and you say, I'm going to wear myself out. <laughs> yeah, remember that TikTok I made about um, hip hop? Yes. It's like that. Okay, perfect. Okay, here we go. I am just going to jump into it. Wait, wait, we don't get a... No. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. October of 2009, 29-year-old Tika Adams is hanging out with her husband, PJ, in Washington, D.C. The couple were experiencing homelessness at the time, living in a shelter, but looking forward to the birth of their baby in early December. She described herself as very rebellious, moving out of her home at the age of 16, stating that she created her own rules and didn't want to live by anyone else's. She met PJ at a shelter, and they fell in love, and they got married. Okay. They were very happy together and excited about their future. When Tika received a phone call from a number that she did not recognize... So after she got off the phone, she told PG that it was a social worker named Stephanie Mills who wanted to get uh, her some help to get baby supplies. She said that she worked for a company that assists homeless women who are pregnant by providing baby clothing and supplies. She said the supplies were in their warehouse, the company's warehouse, and Tika could come by to pick out whatever she needed, whatever she wanted, anything. It was hers. So PJ was like, I mean, she just called you out of the blue, kind of questioning everything. But Tiku was, I just need this. I need this to happen. She need help. Yeah. Yeah. This is not going to turn out good, is it? I don't know. Um, They spoke several times over the course of the month, getting to know each other, becoming friends. They just, she would call her up out of the blue and they'd just kind of shoot the shit. And so they set a date of December 2nd, 2009 to go and pick out baby supplies. Tika's due date was around December 7th. So they're meeting on December 2nd. It's Ooh, cutting it close. D-Day. Okay. D-Day. We're going to call it D-Day. Delivery day. Oh, yeah. okay. December 7th. So she was very <laughs> pregnant at the time. Stephanie picked Tika up in her car and they headed to their destination, this warehouse full of supplies. They were laughing and talking and enjoying every, each other's company. Then Stephanie's car starts to make kind of a weird rattling noise that was concerning. Yes. So she suggested to kind of be safe, maybe let's stop by her apartment and have her friend look at it. Mm-hmm. And the apartment was about 10 miles outside of Washington, D.C., in a, in a town called Suitland, Maryland. Red flag. A social worker never takes a client to their home. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been friends for uh, the last month. Yeah, that's some poor, ba- weeks. poor boundaries. <laughs> Yikes. So they go up to the apartment, and Tika sat down. She took her boots off because, of course, she's nine months pregnant, and her feet and legs were swelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on a movie And they're laughing and they're talking, having a good time until Stephanie suddenly changed. She Mm. threw a quilt over Tika's head and started beating her. And then Tika tried to fight back. And then all of a sudden she was being beat with a fireplace poker. She was hit over the head at least 40 times with this fireplace poker. Jeez, that's some overkill. Yeah, and Tika's like, what the hell, man? Felt her head. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like that, too. <laughs> hey, you're hitting me with a fire poker. Like, what the hell, sucks. man? Man, please stop. Um, <laughs> she felt her head literally split open. Aww. Oh, gosh. 
She jumped up, kind of as best as you can do in the last trimester, and then ran for the door. She found about like three or four locks on the door, like a chain, maybe a couple of deadbolts, and then the lock on the door handle itself. Which I'm impressed that after 40 hits, she is able to do this. Yeah. She was fumbling with the locks when Stephanie comes and she tackles her from behind and Tika falls to the floor. Stephanie got on top of her and the two struggled against against each other. Tika's trying to fight back, but um, she's getting weak from blood loss and the head trauma. And so she just starts praying and then she gets pretty weak and Stephanie picks her up picks her legs up and then drags her by her legs on her back to the kitchen where she gets a damp washcloth and tries to clean the blood from her wounds. Oh, okay. But Tika's still in shock. She's laying there. She's kind of looking back at her life. She thinks about her husband and their baby. Things were kind of starting to come around. Like she was houseless, but then they got into the shelter. Mm -hmm. And so they really wanted to make things good for their baby. And she thinks about all the crazy things that she's done and was like, I'm getting ready to die and I really haven't accomplished anything yet. And so she's lost in a feeling of hopelessness. And then her phone rings and she just knows that it's PJ, her husband. So at this point, she got very emotional because she was convinced she would never talk to him again. And Stephanie then leaves to quiet the phone. And when she comes back into the kitchen, she's got a box cutter. Oh. She, she like, let me clean your wounds, but let me grab a box cutter. Yes. Stephanie lunged at Tika and slashed her on her right side. And at this point, Tika gets a surge of energy and jumps up to fight back, grabbing the box cutter. But she quickly ran out of energy, kind of slipped, slunk back down, and then submitted to Stephanie. Stephanie makes her shower, and then afterwards, she clips her nails. Um, When Tika asked, like, why are you doing this? She was told it was because she had Stephanie's DNA under her nails. So it was Mm. thought out at this point. Right now, she just thinks that this person is kind of unwell mentally. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's a good Hasn't thought. even <laughs> considered any other motives. She's been missing for nine hours, and PJ is calling around to all of the hospitals in the area trying to find out where she could be. He thinks, like, did she just go in labor? What is happening? Sure. So he continues to call her phone until Stephanie turns it off. And at that point, Tika begins to pray again, asking for a chance to show that she could do something better with her life if she had the opportunity. Then Stephanie's son comes home. Tika is even more terrified now, thinking that her son is probably just as crazy as his mother, doesn't know his intentions or what he could do, hoping that he isn't planning to assault her. Stephanie tells him to hold Tika down while she ties her wrists together. So Tika's all tied up, and they leave her in a room alone where she's kept for three days. Jeez. Late in the night, one night, Stephanie returns with a metal bowl filled with ice with a towel, uh, a whole stack of towels, scissors, the box cutter. She wants that baby. An even bigger knife. This is not going to go well. She takes the shade off of a nearby lamp to make the room even brighter. And it's right now when Tika realizes she's trying to take my baby. Yep. So Stephanie took duct tape and wrapped it around Tika's wrists and her ankles and all around her face. The only way she could breathe is through her nose. Like it was all around her face. Mm. She put a DVD in and turned the volume up really really loud. And then she cut Tika open. Mm. 
Of course, the the pain is absolutely excruciating, and she's feeling hopeless. Like, she wasn't able to save her child or do anything, and she went into shock. She was shivering cold, but at the same time profusely sweating. Uh, Stephanie nicks the bladder, but thinks that it's the water sac or the amniotic oh, fluid gosh. that surrounds the baby. And she this. tells Tika that all she has to do is reach in and grab it. I think this is probably a good time to say that there's a um, graphic warning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> of like surgery, a C-section. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe fast forward a little bit. If you are not interested in in hearing what happened, and I'm going to go to a happy place. <laughs> okay, you go to your happy place. Okay. Except I'm you listening. still have to listen. <laughs> so her abdomen was wide open when Stephanie taunts her verbally, uh, saying like, "Oh, should we just get the baby out, or do you want to sleep?" And then she gets up and leaves the room. So Tika closed her eyes what, for what she thought was just a second, and then when she opened them, it was daylight. And she realized that her stomach was still wide open, but her her womb, her uterus, was still intact, and her baby was still alive. She could feel feel it moving. Mm-hmm. So she sees Stephanie sleeping in the fetal position in front of the door that exits the room. And knowing that this could be her only opportunity to save herself and her baby, Tika tries to get up. Question. Didn't she have, like, everything duct taped around her head so she couldn't see anything? Uh, yes, thank you. Okay. So she was chewing in all the pain, like it's a lot of salivation, and she's like chewing at things. She had a rag in her mouth, uh-huh. um, and so she's chewing at this rag and at the tape on her wrist, and um, finally gets a hand free, and then she's able to, to take it off. free her other extremities. Oh, okay, so Jeez, as that's intense. It is incredible, terrifying. As she tried to get up, her wedding ring knocked against that metal bowl, making a very loud noise. Mm. And she was frozen with terror. She just waited for Stephanie to wake up and and take her back down again. But she didn't. So Tika stumbled to her feet. Her legs were feeling like rubber, like they were going to collapse at any second. Mm -hmm. Sure. She's probably, she's lost so much blood over these past few days. Yeah. Yeah. She was just praying, like, please, just let me get to the door. She stepped over Stephanie with blood dripping from her abdomen onto the blanket that Stephanie was covered with. It even hit her skin. Mm -hmm. But she was able to get over her, and she started walking down the hall, graphic warning, holding onto the walls for support when her intestines fell out of her stomach. I hate that. Nope, 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 nope. Dang it. Yep. Mm -hmm. She had to hold her stomach and the structures falling out of her as she makes her way down the hall. And she gets to the living room where the front door is, and that's where Stephanie's son is laying on the couch. (gasps) Plot twist. So she fumbles with these god-awful locks again, but is able to get them open this time, and she escapes. Her adrenaline kicks in at this point now, and she's closer and closer to freedom. She goes around to other apartments, yelling and knocking for anybody to help her. How horrifying. You just look through the little eye hole. No. (laughs) She had to use the handrails to, like, pull herself up a flight of stairs as she tried the doors on the second floor until she got too weak and... She couldn't stand anymore. She briefly lost consciousness, and when she came to, she saw that Stephanie and her son were outside searching the grounds to the apartments. Ugh, she made her son search. So, I mean, the son's like a, a young adult son. He's not. Mm, okay. He's not a baby. Okay, I was thinking like a child. 
He is not a child. He's probably in his late teens to 20s. But he also watched her leave the front door. Uh, well, he was... He might have been sleeping. May or may not have been sleeping. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So the son is the one who looks up on the landing to the second floor of the building and, and sees Tika. And, of course, he points her out to his mom. And they both come running up the stairs. And Stephanie gets behind her, tries to put her arms under Tika's arms, and... Uh, tries to lift her up and that's when tika starts kicking and screaming thinking of course this is her very last chance to survive she's gotten a lot of chances but this is it so someone finally hears her and comes running over so it's stephanie and her son standing over tika as she continues to bleed everywhere and this guy comes up to them and he's kind of bewildered like what is happening yeah sure there's intestines What's up? It must he, have been hard to process. He doesn't see it yet, though. He just sees, like, this woman who looks like she's in shock and then two people standing over her. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. And Stephanie tries to convince him, like, hey, I'm just trying to help her. She's delusional. She's suffering from a miscarriage. Um, she's delirious. But luckily, the guy was pretty hesitant. And that's when Tika looks the man in the eyes and says, like, please help me. She's trying to kill me. And then she pulls her shirt up and he sees these intestines falling out and he pulls his phone out and runs back to his apartment like, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. And when he does that, Stephanie and her son take off running. An ambulance comes and loads Tika into the rig. And at this point, she can't really feel anything. It's kind of everything's coming down on her at once. She keeps asking the paramedics, like, is my baby okay? Or is my baby dead? And when she arrives at the hospital, she finally passes out as she's rushed rushed into emergency surgery. So she wakes up and she sees her husband, PJ, and she's like, what happened to the baby? And the nurse says, the nurse, luckily, at this point in time, walks in right at that moment and was like, you gave birth to a very healthy eight pound, two ounce baby girl. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Yeah, and they named her Miracle Sky because she's a miracle. Yes. A few days later, a detective comes in with a lineup and she's identifying both Stephanie and her son mm-hmm. as her attackers. The detective told her that the name and information that Stephanie had given was false. Mm-hmm. Her real name was actually Veronica Doremus. She was a 40-year-old mother of four who had previously served time for forgery and identity fraud. She actually ends up calling the police on herself, telling them her location so that they could come and arrest her. Hmm. Interesting. Did not see that happening. She pled guilty to first-degree assault, but did say that Tika agreed to sell her baby for $5,000. And Tika, of course, denies this. And whenever she says it or whenever they bring it up in the courtroom, Tika lunges over the um the little half wall from the, the little railing the the audience i guess yes. and she attacks her but she's like that's absolutely ridiculous so Doremus was charged with first degree assault and kidnapping and sentenced to 25 years in prison on a plea bargain cuz she said she did it she apparently had a boyfriend and wanted him to believe she was pregnant. She had built uh-huh. the story up so much that her family was expecting the baby any day now. Oh, wow. Her son, however, was not charged because the police didn't think that he really had the capacity to understand his mother's actions. He was an adult. He was an adult. 
might have lacked some mental capacity. Gotcha. Okay. So Tika, PJ, and Miracle now have a home of their own. They're doing very well. After being asked what Tika would say to her attacker today, she replied, I would just ask her why she did it. I don't hate her. I just hate what she did. It's big of her. It It is. This story has been featured on in several places, but I specifically watched a show called House of Horrors Kidnapped, and that's where I got – it's Tika telling her own story. And so I, mm-hmm. that's where I got the majority of my story and information, and it's also on an episode of I Survived – Mm-hmm. It's on several podcasts. There's a New York Daily News article, um, CBS News, NBC Washington. Like it is all over the place. Wow. Um, but I figured the the survivor was where it's at, and so I mostly took from her story on the um, yeah. I like that the the show. So that is a survivor story. We do not get survivor stories very often, so yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the part that uh, did not have to do with intestines. Do you remember the survivor story I did from South Africa? Yes. Yes. It sounded eerily similar with the bowels. Yes, I do remember that. And that one was also graphic. It was. (laughs) Yeah. But it just sounded so similar. And God, these horrible things happening. Thank you for that. Thank you. And you're welcome. Okay. Um, Because I, we all now know who our cryptid is, I'm going to do a cryptid. Okay. Go the ahead. Fresno Nightcrawler. Ooh. It's a nightworm. Have this you the heard of the Fresno Nightcrawler? Nightworm. Is this the white one that looks like a ghost, but also uh, like a, a sperm or like, a ghost? Like fart? giant pants. Yes. Yes. Like giant pants? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> I have not heard of this, but I was scrolling through Reddit on their creepy <laughs> forum and their cryptid forum, as one does. Uh-huh. And I found you the Fresno Nightcrawler. Okay. I right. love this. So it is also called the Fresno Alien. Ooh, I like that better. Because the first time it was spotted was in Fresno, California. Well, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just aliens, but Fresno. Fresno, California. <laughs> okay. All right. Where so you go? It has made two appearances, once in Fresno and Yosemite National Park. Of course it's Yosemite. It has only been seen in video footage. <laughs> I don't know why. singing. Sane. Gosh, accent. It has a majestic voice. <laughs> it has only been seen in video footage. Okay. So it was re- first reported to be seen in like the 1990s, but really didn't pick up traction until the video footage came into play. Okay. And that happened in 2007 in Fresno, California. A man had put up a, you know, security camera on his door because his dogs kept waking up in the middle of the night and barking and he didn't know what was going on. He thought it was some kids. So. Put these up, and one night, his dogs wake him up barking. So he goes and looks out his lawn and sees the Nightcrawlers, as they came to be known. Ghost pants. He woke up his brother to rewatch the footage on their security camera. Wait, I just pictured, like, a field of pants walking forward. (laughs) You are not (laughs) far off. His brother claimed to have seen small footprints outside, but by the time that they called police, the footprints were gone. After the initial sighting, the original CCTV footage was lost. So the only remaining footage is a very grainy video recorded from a monitor. So someone recorded it from a monitor. Mm -hmm. This is 2007. So it's not the best footage. Okay. So they have been seated or seated, sighted. (laughs) Take a seat. (laughs) So they have been sighted before um, once in Manchester, Indiana. So, you know, I said they've made two appearances. Those are the only like documented footage. So this was just 
you know, someone said that they saw them in Indiana. And apparently, Indiana is a hotbed of paranormal activity. Ooh. I didn't know that. (laughs) Who knew? What's up, Indiana? Um, (laughs) In 2004, so this is a couple years before, a 17-year-old motorist was riding his motorcycle and saw a strange thing on the side of the road one night. It was thin with long legs and looked humanoid, but not human. I like that word. It moved oddly as if it was disjointed and was (laughs) described similarly as the creatures in Fresno in 2007. But this one was over six feet tall. Mm -hmm. So remember the one in Fresno, he said it was small footprints outside, so they think it was small. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Tiny feet, long legs. (laughs) They're walking on tiptoes. It's basically Slender Man (laughs) without pants. Yes. I feel like Slender Man, though, has really big feet. Well, apparently not. He's just got, like, little nubbins. They look like hammer pants to me. No. Like, (laughs) is that how Slender Man talks? Yeah. He sees this on the side of the road. A second car also happened to pass by that same area with two elderly passengers who also reported seeing the same thing. The three of them all stopped and (laughs) talked about what they just saw. And they were like, yeah, that doesn't look human, but let's go. Let's just go home. Okay. All right. So we're going to fast forward to March of 2011. And this is the Yosemite National Park. Okay. Sighting. So there was um, people who were trespassing onto park property after hours. So, you know, they put up cameras to try to catch these trespassers. And instead, what they caught was some rather unusual footage. Ghost pants. The security cameras again got images of a pale, small, and armless creature just walking down the park path one night. Just pants. So once the media got a hold of the footage, of course, everyone was like, oh, it's the Fresno Nightcrawlers again. Because remember, this has been about four years. So the creatures appeared to be the exact same ones that were seen on the Fresno footage. And they appeared to walk and behave in the same way. So there was a handful of other alleged sightings, but again... Nobody else had footage to back it up, so. They do look like clothespins. They're kind of cute. They're ghost pants. I don't understand how those are scary at all. It's literally like a head on pants. Let's be honest. That's what I'm saying. If you saw this coming towards you, what would you do? Would you say, oh, you're so cute. Come here. I'll feed you. But they have no arms. Like what? Or face, really, in that other one. That one with Yosemite, because there's two of them. They think one was the mama, one was the baby. It was a baby. Because one was little. Ghost pants. Baby pants. (laughs) All right. So possible explanations. An alien is the first one. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Another one is a new species, such as a primate with short arms. Okay. That maybe they're not seeing in the footage. That's ridiculous. <laughs> a mis- that is more ridiculous than the alien theory. <laughs> this one Go is on. more ridiculous. <laughs> a misidentified deer standing upright. <laughs> I've never seen a deer standing upright like this. With no with no front legs? It, it, or are or they just like, like their heads with are completely different? They yes. suck into their body. <laughs> <laughs> they stand it's like up a little and it's T-Rex. Like, <laughs> it's a T-Rex. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. And when I show you guys the video footage, like, there's no way it's a deer. Gosh, <laughs> Pants okay. Or a puppet on a wire. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I one. I think someone's just got a hoax and just has these giant MC Hammer <laughs> pants. White, white Hammer pants? Right, look. In baby size, let's too? See, let's see what these people think. <laughs> let's see what they call this one. <laughs> um, a bird walking like a crane, kind of? No. I get it, though, because bird legs are really long, and they kind of get stuffed up into the yeah. body. 
But no. Or they think this is just a person playing a prank and they're walking on stilts with big pants. Nah, it's aliens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the Fresno Nightcrawlers appear to be relatively short creatures. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Only a couple feet in height. With most of their height being made up of their legs as they possess <laughs> a very small upper body. Yeah, not same. They <laughs> have no upper body. <laughs> it is hard to find details really about their body shape because the footage is really poor quality, but it appears to be very thin, white, humanoid with no arms. It's like when little kids draw stick figures and they draw a head and then legs coming out from the head. Have you seen that? With no body, no yes. neck. It's just like... Yes. <laughs> like the basic drawings, yes. Yeah. I've never seen that. Oh. Just my kids? Okay. Uh, <laughs> just my kids draw that? <laughs> just my kids? No. <laughs> All of them. Um, so like I said, one, two feet tall, no more than four feet, except for that. Indiana. Who knows? So back to your question. No, I I don't think I'd be that scared if it was like, she's a little guy. Yeah. <laughs> right four feet. Four me. feet. Yeah. Hey, come home with me. Just come on. <laughs> um, they are pale in color, perhaps white, and they may have two small eyes, which people have found after they have analyzed some of the footage. So this has led to the suggestion that maybe they're just people in costumes because <laughs> they walk like we do on two legs. So one of the most interesting answers to where did these nightcrawlers come from actually goes back to local Native American legend. So according to tribe members that live near Fresno, California, the nightcrawlers are beings that have always been around and always been on this earth, even before humans got here. According to these myths, the nightcrawlers, though, have long legs that allow them to move through difficult or swampy landscapes because they are swamp beings. And so their culture, their legend has them much taller than what we're seeing. Okay. So legend has it that these beings are part of our world now in order to rebuild our connection with nature because we have kind of sucked at being nice to Mother Nature. One odd piece about this puzzle is that there are statues of this being in Native American folklore. So it's a like wood carvings that look like yes like stick figures kind of. like yeah. stick figures without arms but they are very long legs like these look like seven eight feet tall like a wishbone yes kind of like a wishbone according to the native american legends the night crawlers have mm-hmm. long legs versus what we see on the video they do not seem to have long legs so one other weird thing about these statues they are carved in wood as you can probably tell by the picture they appear to be of native american origin but Nobody knows where these pictures were taken. What? They have been photographed in multiple places, perhaps even internationally, but no one seems to know where these photos stemmed from. The photos themselves were passed to a source, a random source in Florida, by a woman in New Jersey. What? There are rumors the statues are near a DMV somewhere in California. <laughs> okay. DMV employees in California. Can you, you let us now? know? It just says in California. So some people wonder if this is a faked photo because no one can identify where this is. I get that. Who knows? Or maybe it was taken down after the photo and it's no longer standing. Who knows? That's possible too. So some of the sightings, so we're kind of going to go into the hoax side of it. So some of the sightings people report is just someone puppeting a pair of white pants. (laughs) Okay. So there's been a couple people on YouTube who have tried to like, yes, they've been (laughs) trying to discredit this and they've done these experiments walking down an alleyway with a melon and then using like 
you know, Photoshop and stuff to remove the top half of the body to show how this could be falsified. There is a sci-fi TV show called Fact or Faked. And they did an episode about this. And they also tried to recreate this and were unable to. They basically tried very many different hoax techniques. (laughs) They tried very many hoax techniques. Mm -hmm. And all their attempts to recreate the footage failed. In the end, they decided that the footage would be too difficult to fake, if not impossible, and therefore the video footage must be authentic. Okay. I mean, it looks like MC Hammer pants to me. (laughs) It does. So that is the Fresno Nightcrawler, guys. Wow. Thank you for that. I had never heard of him before. Alien? I think it's an alien. Aliens from a swamp planet. That's why their legs have to be long. Mm -hmm. They stand up tall. Yep. It doesn't explain their lack of arms, but... Mm -mm. I don't know why they don't have arms. Maybe they have, like, go-go gadget arms. Only come out when needed. They come out of their their, their eyeballs. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I don't want them. Maybe they just got their hands in their pockets. So that is our smorgasbord. We got that some was a doozy of a smorgasbord. Survivor true crime. Yes. We got a new cryptid friend. Yeah. He needs a nickname. Um, he needs something besides Nightcrawler. I'm not feeling the Nightcrawler because he's not crawling. Vagina <laughs> pants. The hammer pants. <laughs> the hammer pants. The camel pants. Camel pants. Camel pants. Camps. Camp. camp. Camel toe pants. Camps. <laughs> His name's Camps. <laughs> Fresy the Fresno Nightcrawler. No, Camps. Camps. All right, Camps it is. <laughs> and then we also had some Dancing Queen. <laughs> Dancing Pants. Camel Pants. Dancing Pants and Pants. <laughs> yes. Camps, yes. <laughs> so many oh, things. This is, it's coming full circle. And that is why the Smorgasbord is my favorite type of episode. <laughs> All right, guys, you can always find us at thetipsyghost.com and find our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right, guys, we will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.